All In Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to the All In Entrepreneurs podcast. That's right, All In Nation. This is Carlos Reyes, and welcome back to the realest podcast in the game where we bring you the cream of the crop. That's right, the top 1% of the world and dig super deep to see what makes them tick. I'm sitting right next to my business partner. What's going on, guys? My name is Sal Shakir. I'm one of the uh, All In Nation trio. Uh, I'm an immigrant. Uh, from the Middle East, and uh, I'm blessed to be in the, in the United States. And uh, we have a special guest today. Yes, sir. Mr. Benjamin Humble. Well, you know, what I wanted to do was I wanted to actually, because it's it's more than just another special guest, right? Most of the special guests that we have, they're from this country. They travel a few hundred miles. Not this, this guy. This man right here, right? This man right here is from exactly near 3,000 miles. He's from a whole nother country and he lives in a whole nother country and he's here. He's an, he's an immigrant um, that is from Canada, but he's not really from Canada. I believe he's from Romania. And uh, man, I can't wait to talk business, life, spirituality, family, everything. Mr. Ben Humble, Mr. Ben Benjamin Humble Mirishan. Mm. Welcome, brother, hey. to the All In. <laughs> Thank you, man. Up, you're the first guy that's ever pronounced my name correctly on a show, so you're amazing. I love so it. So I go by Ben Humble, man, because, you know, we got to have an alias in life. Every communist, former communist has an alias, so. Brother, before we get into your story, where does this, where does the Humble, where does the nickname Humble come from? Please talk to us about that. I've always wanted to ask you that. Yeah, so I, I escaped communism as a little kid. You know, our family ran across the border, became refugees. You guys know, you guys know the life. Absolutely. And, um... I watched my dad as a young man at 27 with five kids just run across the border and go, this country doesn't have a future for me and my children. I'm just going to go. And that triggered something in me that goes, you know, if you simply are willing to just think and move and ask good questions and be willing to move forward, hmm. then you can create whatever you want in this life. So to me, the word humble is all about regardless of where you started, you ultimately decide where you end up. Mm. So long as you maintain this humility about life that there's something more you can push for, something more you can reach for. There's a different journey, different destination. So for me, that's my secret power. Mm. It's just always remembering that when you think you know it all, when you think you've come already to the top of this mountain, when you develop this massive ego, it's usually the downfall. It's usually where you get stuck in your own mind. And I just think if you stay humble, if you lower your ego, if you're always asking great questions, I think you get to discover life in a different way. Mm. I love it. So That's it's, beautiful. you know, my wife doesn't like tattoos and I was going to get a tattoo. So instead of getting a tattoo, this is the next best thing. So like it's a it. daily reminder to myself when I look in the mirror, hey man, don't develop an ego today. Just keep moving forward. And mm. if it blesses somebody else and they see it, amazing. That's a nice bonus. You know, I don't, I don't think, um, uh, I don't think anybody's met you that didn't uh, connect with you. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you understand what that means, but you give off like this, like this good energy, this right? this aura. It's right? a, it's a welcoming aura, um, genuine, that, very genuine. So I mean, the guy drove from Canada for God's sake. Yeah, like you drove from Canada here, mm. uh, just came into the other uh, the office, came in, gave you a high five, like he's known you for forever. Welcoming conversations are great. Um, he did the same thing, which I try to pay, and he's he's trying to jump and pay, like just genuinity, like you don't really see much nowadays like very rare breed we're actually uh, uh, the the people the the people with those traits are like a a rare dying breed mm. 
Yeah, that, those, that you don't those, see those too old, many. Those old principles, right? Yeah, there's like principles, but then like live the good life, like see the see what's good. And as soon as we start talking, as soon as I left, I texted Carlos. I'm like, hey man, uh, we need we that. Gotta get this we got to get podcast. this guy on the podcast because, yeah. and you know what? The first guy that we don't even have a script or like we don't even have talking points because we don't know what this is gonna take us, but I know it's gonna be good. Mm. And yeah. that's that's the vibes that you give. So well, I don't let, know if that let me answers hit you with the vibes. This. I, I'll just throw this piece out. Why I think that's the case. So I live very much in the spiritual realm of life. I believe when you, you got two options. You feed the flesh every day or you feed the spirit every day. Mm. And I've learned a shortcut. Call it a personal development shortcut, a faith shortcut. If you fight the ego and you fight the flesh, right? And you just feed the spirit. You do good instead of looking to feel good. Mm -hmm. Eventually there's an alignment that happens just in who you become. Mm. So people see you going, some different about this guy. What it is, is I try not to feed my flesh. I try not to feed the ego. I try not to come across as me, my significance, my greatness. This is who I am, what mm -hmm. I've done. I just go, man, if there's, if there's a genuine human there with the spirit, somebody who's growing, somebody who's serving, we're all connected. All you need to do is just, again, humble yourself in some degree and go, hey, nice to see you. Hey, I acknowledge you. There's a language. There's a spiritual language mm -hmm. with people. And when you start to speak that language, immediately you understand what I'm talking about. We're Absolutely. all immigrants. Let me just say this. Yeah. I believe that the right people recognize that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Definitely. Because guess what? I'm sure this has probably happened to you uh, in, in some cases where you come in with that aura, right? With that beautiful, good energy, mm -hmm. that humility, right? And, and, and some people who, you know, are either, you know, very high in their pride and ego or yeah. very... You know they're douchebaggy, right? Mm -hmm. They probably see that as a as a weakness, or you know what? They probably see it as like I don't even got to talk to this. Or they dude. don't even acknowledge it. Just yeah, yeah. Press through them. Who, yeah. Like I don't got to. Yeah. Who is who is this guy? I don't want to talk yeah. to him, right? And and I've seen you, right? Uh, I saw you in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You were in Vegas, right? You're in some pretty uh, pretty good solid groups and masterminds, and you you have your own. Which we'll get into all that, but you're in the hundred hundred million dollar mastermind, I believe. You're in the are you in the Avengers mastermind too? Mm -hmm. So yep. you're in all kinds of great, amazing masterminds. And what was crazy, right? This is how I know that people do love and respect this guy. I was at Cody Sperber's office, who's a pretty well-known real estate, you know, uh, uh, investor and educator, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, hey, hey man, uh, are we going to, you know, ben, Ben's, ben Humble's, um, uh, he's throwing a little get together. Mm -hmm. He's throwing a little mastermind. And I said, yeah, absolutely, bro. When are we going? And he's like, man, and you know, Cody agreed. He's like, man, you know, we, we definitely got to get out there uh, right after this class that my wife is throwing. The guy's such a good guy, right? And I said, I, absolutely, man. The guy is such a good guy, mm -hmm. you know? And sure thing, man, Cody and myself, right after the class, we drove straight to his mastermind um, without a doubt. And we were texting him, yo, we're, we're headed over there. Yeah. The class just ended, you know? But that tells you that it's not just me that feels this way. It's not just you that feels this way, right? It's a bunch of other good people that recognize the type of energy that you bring to the room, man. Yeah, so guys, when you remove self, this has been my secret. Remove you from the center of attention. Then there's room. There's mm -hmm. space for other people to enter and develop a connection. The language I'm talking about is a language you have to seek out. This is not something you're just born with where all of a sudden you, you've got this humble thinking and you're really looking at the spiritual side mm -hmm. of life. You've got to find something that, that, that pushes you in that realm. Mm -hmm. For me, what, I, what it was is in my 20s, I worked hard and built a business and did real estate and my ambitious side took over. 
you know, we develop an ego. We, we use it as a defense mechanism. We use it as an aggression. And, you know, I was able to do some stuff and make some money. But then I realized something significant, which was I'm alienating people because of that ego. Mm. And it's not natural to me. Mm. Having an ego and being this aggressive thing to me is not a natural state of mind. For me, that's a forced thing. It's difficult. It's pressure. It's unnecessary. Then I learned the power of just being you. Just being a person that's open, being honest, being acceptable. And and I found that to be a super, just a super power that most people just don't get. But you have to seek that. And when you find it, then I know what my shortcut is. I don't need 99% of the people in this world to like me or even accept me. I'm looking for the people that don't need acceptance, but people who just accept. Those people, together with me, we can do some amazing things for ourselves, for our families, for our community. So we're not seeking validation. The moment I stopped seeking validation and I just started serving, helping, and being a part of these environments, my life got drastically better. You're attracting the right people. I believe so. I think you stop chasing, you know. The clout. The clout and all the things. We, we as people, here's what I realized. We have this polarity of desires. You know, when we're young men, right? A lot of young men may be watching this show and, you know, you want to make money, you want to help your family, you want to have friends, you want to do all this stuff. But then you've got these two desires. And the two desires, when they weigh on you, there's the desire for acceptance mm-hmm. and then there's the desire for purpose. Mm-hmm. And my, my, in my 20s, I was really in this acceptance. So I dressed like people wanted me to dress. I behaved. I ran after money. I found communities of people that were like me. And we're, we trade our existence and our identity for acceptance because mm-hmm. we're so afraid of being different. When you finally accept that you have a purpose in this life and you go, God is bigger than me, you go that I'm not the center of the world anymore. When you finally start looking at a purpose-driven life, you get to relinquish your need for acceptance. Mm-hmm. And when you relinquish the need, the utility and the value that we place on the stuff becomes less and less. I don't give a rip if you have a Lambo. I'm proud of you for having one. I have one. They're cool. But it no longer determines in my mind if you're a person of worth or not. Mm. And when you can finally remove yourself from the things, the materialism and the acceptance mm-hmm. from other people, you get to truly start living you. So if you want to dress a certain way, behave and speak and act and think a different way, you get to do that. If someone's worth is, it's what's internal, not the external. And unfortunately, there are some people that wouldn't talk to somebody if they don't dress a certain way or they don't own a certain thing. And to them, that oh, that person is not worth what, what whatever they think it has to be worth. And that's probably the moment that you're seeing people for who they are and you're attracted. It's, it's just the law of attraction. You're probably attracting a whole a lot of wholesome people around you and you probably met we we know a billionaire if you see him in the street you would not think he's a billionaire you would mm-hmm. think he's he was working in nine to five mm-hmm. and you start talking to this guy's brilliant he's a billionaire multi mm-hmm. multi-billionaire with the b uh, yeah with a b that's a big with a b yeah. exactly that, that's and then, a b humble you see kind how of he guy. talks mm-hmm. and like there is nothing flashy yeah and that's the moment that you start to uh, think like i think Pants are a little faded. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, shirts a little faded. <laughs> he actually spoke at our event in um, was it um, was Freedom it May, right? May? Yeah, yeah. And then you just see him, right? He's kind of just walking around and stuff. And then he, you know, he he sat. Everybody down. saw him before, and then when he sat down, then nobody really thought anything. Then Doc just introduced him, and he mm-hmm. said, "Yeah, this is the billionaire." And then everybody's like. Whoosh. Start paying attention. He was before only that, billionaire in the vicinity. Yeah, the only billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as he started talking, you know, uh, about the market and business and life, they're like, holy smokes. Mm. 
And what's crazy about that specific person, right, is that he spends 50% of his time on God. Yeah. And then the other 50% on like business. He does teaching and abiding and everything. Yeah, he does abiding. Like sometimes he says he doesn't even move until God tells him to move in the morning. Like he'll, the first half of his day is just abiding, like talking to the Lord and letting the Lord talk to him and, and kind of give him the discernment and, you know, the direction of where God wants to place him for that day. We got to introduce you to this guy. I love that. So like guys, for you guys, I look at you and I've, I've known of you for a while. And now I've, I've known years, you by for the a way. couple of years. years. I, I look at this and I go, these guys are what I would call an evangelist of your own identity. Mm-hmm. Marketplace disciples. Yeah. You... I believe we're all evangelists of our faith, of our identity, and of our belief system. And we get so caught up in copying, mimicking, and looking for acceptance, we lose our identity in that Mm -hmm. process. And then we're not evangelizing for our own identity and faith and belief system. We're evangelizing for everybody else's. Mm. We start buying into narratives that aren't ours. You know, like people start saying stuff that's not even their words. We adopt this thinking, we adopt these words, and we have what I call level one conversation. These are auto responders. They read your own Instagram and now they're saying it to you. Right. Hey, how's it going? Oh, you know this market. You know, they they say stuff that, that doesn't mean anything. Thing. There's no weight to it. There's no substance. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can finally remove that stuff, this is what I'm just trying to do every day. I'm, I'm, I'm not great at this, but I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of these autoresponder conversations. I'm conscious of ego. And if you're just simply conscious and you get to focus on the spiritual side of who you are, um, things just start manifesting in this world in an amazing way because your thought and your intention lives there. Mm-hmm. Like today... I work three days a week now. You know, I do meetings and stuff and I do it all virtually, but it's three days. It used to be like six, maybe seven, right? And I violated my own core beliefs, man. I violated going to church and my date night with my wife and my own personal fitness and all this stuff. I kept violating and violating because I said, one day I'll take care of me. And the problem was that I woke up one day and said, that's never going to happen. This logic doesn't work. That one day ain't coming. It's not coming. That one day is going to be some future forecast promise that you keep breaking. And the more promises I keep breaking to myself, the more I'm just going to live in fear, doubt, uncertainty, mm-hmm. and low and low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I just, I realized like your friend there, like be an evangelist of, of your mission, your purpose. And people are so starved for authenticity that when they see you, yeah. Carlos, they go, I love this guy. You know why you love this guy? Because he's not a replica of another guy. Mm-hmm. That's why you love this guy. You don't love him because he has a car and this and this and this. Those are just symptoms. There's a root. Mm-hmm. There's something about you and you when people look and go, I have respect for this guy and I can't place why. But many times it's because you're, you're a version of yourself. Mm-hmm. You are you. You're not a version of somebody else. So again, I love the stuff. I love the material things and the travel and none of that stuff is good or bad. It's just there. Mm-hmm. It, what's your relationship to it? You know, I find people that idolize the grind. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm a grinder, a grinder, a grinder. Like when you were 11 years old, you wanted to be a fireman. You wanted to go and do some cool stuff. You had an identity about you. And then you became 25 and 30 and you lost yourself to the grind. And now when it's Friday night and you've got all the free time because you made some money, you've got nothing to do. Yep. Nobody's around you. So what do you do? You go to the office and you grind because you're a grinder. So I think there's a season in your life when we have to sacrifice. We gotta sacrifice Mm -hmm. the things that we could have for the things that are truly designed for us. Mm -hmm. But then we can't forget who we are in that process. And I think that's where people get stuck. And I'm not a preacher of this. I'm an evangelist because it worked for me. I'm a regular dude. My dad helped us escape communism. I didn't do anything, right? He just grabbed me by the hand and said, let's go little kid. And that's what happened. That's amazing. Every day I'm just like, 
we have to accept and acknowledge what we have, all these choices. And if we do that, man, you get to design your life. You get to design your own thinking. And you're, you're an OG version of yourself. So let me ask you something. Yeah. What city in Canada do you reside in? Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Um, how long have you been there? Since I was six years old. Six years old. I've lived in old. Windsor, Ontario. Okay. How was your upbringing there? Because, you know, you're an immigrant. I'm yeah. an immigrant. We yeah. got we literally have a Canadian, a Mexican, and an Iraqi, That's right? a joke somewhere. It's got to be a joke somewhere. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, right? It's, it's a little bizarre lately. Like when we had Jamil here, he's part Indian. And he's in, he's, he wasn't residing and in he Canada. he was from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You see, like, it's been, it's been a little crazy. Like some of the guests that we're having here, it's a little bizarre, you know? Because it's yeah. like... It's already awkward, not awkward, but it's already it's already a rare thing that you know he's Iraqi, right, from <laughs> Iraq, and then I'm a Mexican born in Mexico, right, and then like you're a Canadian that's born in Romania, right. Mm -hmm. So what was your upbringing like? Did you struggle like some like did you have immigrant challenges growing up in Canada? We have challenges like with language and stuff like that. You know, my, my parents had nine children. I'm the oldest of nine. Nine children. Nine. Busy dad. Busy dad. Uh, we did wow. the math and figured mom was pregnant for like seven straight years. If oh, my God. Together. So you women at home, just, I mean, you had one child. That's, that's a lot. But yeah. nine kids is nine kids. So mom and dad were, I, you call them the typical immigrants. They were just mom and dad. They were very faith-driven people. And they did what they had to do to put food on the table, yeah. right? So we didn't have many choices and options, but mom and dad always provided. You know, mom and dad went through this, like, it, it, to me, they, they break records. Mom and dad are the Roger Bannisters of my life. When people complain about little Timmy, the little Canadian spoiled kid who won't eat his vegetables, I'm like, must be nice this mofo got some vegetables to choose from, mm -hmm. you know, because we're like, we're nine. Mom and dad had to just start numbering us. We all pal in the minivan. They go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, we're out. Sometimes there'd be a cousin in the minivan and we leave a brother behind. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So struggle's a word to me that I have a hard time with, Carlos, because when I acknowledge struggle, then I have to say somehow I'm a victim. So I've never struggled. I've never struggled in my life. I've never been a victim of anything in my life. I've had choices. My mom and dad had choices. Did we go through hard times, stressful times? Absolutely. But it, the struggle to me is a word that I wrestle with because there's an acknowledgement in struggle, right? Like, you know, there's this whole narrative where you got to go to like a broke, broke, you know, entrepreneur before we finally rise out of the ashes. I mean, I never did that, man. Mm -hmm. I never, I saw mom and dad work hard and I said, before I ever go broke, I'm just going to work hard. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like before I got to go to the pits of hell and come back out like Batman, you know, in that movie, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow mom and dad's trend. What I can say about mom and dad is that they were people of perseverance mm -hmm. did they have hard times hell yeah man could did they have hard times paying the bills yeah they struggled with finance for years they had nine kids immigrants dad was my dad came here as a person with no degree and my dad has a doctorate degree today mm, a wow. doctorate man wow. he, he 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 decided he wanted to be a pastor back home it wasn't acceptable in communism so he said i'm gonna go do this thing mm -hmm. and he comes to canada and he just like starts lapping people Right, so I'm gonna get a doctorate. Then I'm gonna become an electrician. Then I'm gonna be a and small business an, owner. And an immigrant, nine kids, no English, all that. Several jobs. All that. I remember Dad mm -hmm. had this 1985 Honda Civic like hatchback thing with the manual, and I remember Dad would pick us all up from school because he worked out a deal with the school where he was able to get us in a private Christian school if he cleaned the building. My dad was hustling, making wow. deals, so he would go and clean this thing after hours so that we could go to school 
during the during hours. Wow, yeah. And I remember dad coming to pick us up from school and and dad would just rock these power naps. You know, we'd go out to the car waiting for where's dad? dad? The car's in the parking lot. We'd go out there and dad's just a par, you know, power napping. He's just <laughs> And I know why the dude's power napping because the dude got You're up stuck. at five or six. He worked the whole day. He came to pick us up. Now he's going to his afternoon job. <sighs> Right, second, third job. Like we were at that church six, seven days a week. So I thank mom and dad for like putting us in an environment to win, showing us that people who simply work through the mm -hmm. challenges can overcome. Yeah. Showing us that there's no obstacle in life that you can't win. My dad taught me something very simple. He said, if somebody slaps you across the face, it is your choice to get upset. I said, what do you mean? That's stupid. Like when I'm, when I'm a teenager, right? I'm like, that's stupid. Like that is, my dad said, it's a choice. You chose to get angry. You can choose to not. I'm like, whoa, that's some powerful stuff. And when I started learning that, I saw that that's who dad became. Dad became a man who owned his choices. Mm. Dad became a man of conviction. I mean, you can't piss my dad off. Good luck. My dad's the Yoda of this game. <laughs> when you see dad, he's got stress. He's like, how are you doing dad? I'm blessed, son. Mm. And when you see a man do that and go through that transformation, and my dad is the OG personal development in my life. I watched him do that. And he didn't have, you know, coaches the and stuff like that. Yeah. He just had one thing, his faith. And he said, I can either end up a bitter man or I can end up a successful man. I just can't be both. Mm. And dad chose to be a successful man. Mm. So I learned the power of choice. And that's why when I look at adversity, I go, People go, man, I got this adversity, I got this struggle, I got this whatever. Dude, the struggle of the adversity is a weapon. You're either gonna use it to point it that way at mm -hmm. the world and go and conquer, or you're gonna point it at yourself and destroy. Mm -hmm. Which you gonna choose. Mm. It's a choice, it has to be. If it's not a choice, then what I believe in my faith is that we lose dominion over who we are. We all have will. We all have choice. God's granted us choice and dominion over our lives to make choices. And when we go, man, I'm, I'm in a circumstance. We're all in a circumstance, dude, mm -hmm. right? But you can conquer through the circumstance. And when you do that, you become a superhuman. Not because you're better than most humans, but because you're willing to go there in your mind. And most people just don't wanna go there. Yeah, It's hard, it's pressure, it's work. Let me ask you something about <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Um, you you weren't there at his at his uh, you were celebrating Alex's birthday and um, there was a lot of Canadians there. He was throwing a um, a retreat like a small mastermind slash retreat. A bunch of Canadians flew mm -hmm. in from from Canada and wholesaling real estate mm. is it, it's not like it is in the United States, right? You know here you can you can literally like pull like data mm -hmm. and then like market to these. You know, homeowners. Not in homes. Canada. Not in Canada. I don't know if he explained. Uh, well, that Jamil did that day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so first and foremost, like when before wholesaling, right? Mm -hmm. When did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Because was your your father had several jobs, right? Out of necessity. <laughs> but <laughs> but right. he wasn't an entrepreneur. Correct. Right? Yeah. So when did you know mm -hmm. that you, like how old were you when you wanted, you're like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to do what my dad does. I don't want to go work for someone. Right? Mm -hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur. When did you know that? So I was in music my whole life. Right? And I went to university for music for a couple years and that. And I remember one day she says, you're the most talented, laziest kid we have here. Mm. You don't practice your instrument. Right? I didn't practice the prerequisite four hours a day. And I said, okay, cool. She's like, you're never gonna get a good job if you don't practice. It's like a good job. 
Is that why I'm here? I was here to play music. You just <laughs> turned my passion into a good job. I'm like, what's the good job? You'll never become a high school music teacher if you don't practice four hours a day. High school music teacher? I ain't trying to do all that. <laughs> so I realized in that moment that the path I had, had set up for myself wasn't the path. Somebody was trying to put me in a box. So I was like, I immediately lost the desire to be in school. Immediately. Mm. I was like, all right, I'm a pretty calculated dude, right? I'm like, what can I do right now where I can go and do my music at some point in the future and nobody's going to tell me I got to go and teach. I got to go play in these crappy clubs. I got to go be in this thing over here. What can I do? And I said, well, I can make money. What's the best way to make money? Be your own boss. Be your business owner. I heard about this. I saw my dad kind of doing the entrepreneur thing a little bit. And I said, I'm just going to go figure this out. So I said, what can I actually do? What do I know how to do? The only thing I knew how to do my whole life was clean. Because mom and dad would clean. We clean toilets and floors and scrub and stack chairs. I'm like, I can do that. So I dropped out of university and started a carpet cleaning company. Mm. A bottom machine. I went to the bank. I said, listen, I got no credit really. I'm a musician. But I want to go buy this carpet machine for like, you know, 1500 bucks. And if I get this machine, I can go clean carpets. And I can start a business. And some lady, she had, she had sympathy on me at the bank. And she's like, all right, we'll give you a loan for four grand. How old were you? I would have been... 20 years old, maybe 21 at mm -hmm. the time. And I was like, I'm going to clean carpets. That's what I'm doing. So I called my mom. I went to her. And I was like, mom, I'm starting a carpet cleaning service. Who do you know that can be my customer? My mom says, I'll pay you a hundred dollars to clean your own room. <laughs> she gave me a hundred dollars to steam clean my own carpets in my own bedroom. And yeah. that was the start of it. So I just jumped into it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it too much. All I knew was if I was a business owner, I could make some money. And if I could make some money, I could be me again. Mm. I could just do what I needed to do because no job was going to give me that time and flexibility mm -hmm. that, that I knew. So I pieced it together, Carlos, man. I didn't, I didn't have this like this grand vision. I just knew that if I moved in faith, because I saw dad make stuff happen out of thin air. Mm -hmm. I said, if dad can be a musician, I can be a magician. I can make sh stuff appear. I can build something. And one day I can just go back to doing what I wanted to do. Hmm. Now, you started, you went to school for two years to be a musician. Yeah. Which you are currently. I, I've, I have, we have a song with, with Mr. Ben. You quit school yeah did carpet cleaning yeah but you're in real estate you're known for real estate like yeah today ben humble is the real estate mogul how long did that take before you discover real estate or did you have anything in between carpet cleaning and real estate before so as estate? i'm cleaning carpets and that, that's kind of my life lesson here is like i'm looking for other things to do because i well, one thing i didn't want to do was just be a slave to a business. I only ever got into business so I could buy back my time to do music. Mm -hmm. So I always had this knack, this urgency. So I'm cleaning carpets and all my carpet jobs are in the evening. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I got like six hours during the day to kill. What can I do? So I started joining these local BNI groups, business networking meetings to meet other business people. And I met a mortgage broker who said, dude, you should do real estate. Why? He's like, cause you're a good talker. He says, you'll make way more money in real estate. I was like, way more money? Well, shoot, I don't like carpet cleaning that much. Let's, yeah. let's go figure this out. So I started going to every weekend course. I'd go to Toronto. I'd buy the books. I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I just got ingrained into this like buy real estate. And I read this one phrase. And it said, if you want to become a millionaire, all you need to do is buy a million dollars worth of real estate, wait 25 years and let your tenants pay it off and you're a millionaire. I was like, oh man, that sounds pretty good. 25 years though. 25 years. Because back then, dude, I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm like, I can you be a millionaire time. in this yeah. life. All I got to do is buy these real estate deals, get some people called tenants to pay it off, and I'm good. So at 
21 years old, that same mortgage broker sold me my very first duplex. And he's like, I got a property, it's ugly, it's crap, but it's yours if you want it. I'm like, well, dude, I'm not bankable. So you're gonna have to help me with the money and all the other stuff and the process. And if you mentor me, I'll buy your house. I was willing to buy this thing because I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? I steam clean the carpets, I do some lipstick. And I bought this guy's property. And by the time I paid 127000 I bought his property. And by the time I moved in, there was a lower tenant. I was paying $156 per month plus utilities. Hmm. And then I was like, real estate's faster than cleaning. I'm working my way out of cleaning. Mm -hmm. And I kept that little cleaning service for probably five years as I was getting into the real estate. And as soon as I got into real estate, eight months later, second deal, nine months later, second deal. And then 2009 hit. Mm. And I remember coming here to Phoenix in 2009 and 10, and it was like the world is falling apart. The houses are like 40 grand, 50 grand. You're the Canadians that were buying the houses in <laughs> I'm Arizona. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that guy driving around to El Mirage in my little Ford Focus and surprise. And, you know, and I'm looking at these properties going, man, I could get really wealthy in this business. So I went back to Canada and I did that. The market had taken a massive dip. We're right across from Detroit, Michigan. So stuff is going for 40 cents on the dollar. And I just had this one thought. I don't know. I don't know if when it's coming back up, but it either comes up or we're all going to hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's either going to zero or it's coming up sometime. So I just bought with this faith that one day it's going to come back up. And I just got aggressive in 09. What did you, what did you buy? Single families. So I started buying the crappiest single families that I could. In Arizona. Uh, well, I, I bought a couple in Phoenix, but I bought, I was buying them in Canada where I lived and I didn't have any money. I didn't have any credit, none of that stuff. So I just, I went to family and friends, I went to my mother-in-law. I was like, Hey, listen, I married your daughter, right? She's like, yeah. It's like, I need 25 grand. It's oh, <laughs> like, I, I found a house. It's cheaper than a Honda. Yeah. I need this money to buy this house. And she's like, nah, I ain't giving you the money. I was like, but I married your daughter. <laughs> and then she finally said, I'll give you the money. And she gave me the 25 grand. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I'm sitting there freaking grinding. Mm. I'm trying to figure stuff out. Man, I don't know how to put tiles and flooring and paint. I'm just figuring it out. And that was the very first rental. I had my tenants moving in January 1st. They were there helping me fix the house up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, how do I explain this? You know, we talk about being a grinder and whatever. I'm just resourcefulness to me is my greatest character mm -hmm. strength. Like be a person of resourcefulness. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you're willing to do that, dude, sky's the limit. Yep. I love it. So the first house that you picked up, yeah. because in Canada, it's very difficult to, to market to homeowners, right? How did you find this first property? So this is back in 2006. And it, dude, it was, we had the, the newspaper. We had, you know, we didn't have Facebook marketplace and all that, but I'm looking through the newspaper. They still have, you know, for sale by owners in the newspaper that you can mm -hmm. still drive around. So I'm just driving the city. I'm talking to people. I didn't know what I didn't know, which was a benefit to me. It was a blessing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I couldn't talk to people. I just did. So there's this lie and this fallacy. I'm a person who lives on the edges, right? I believe in being ethical and honest in life, but I don't believe in just believing what you hear. So people tell me, you can't do this in Canada. You can't do a wholesaling. All that stuff is crap. It's all garbage, right? You got to just figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, dude, my first two or three deals were literally in the newspaper. Wow. Newspaper looking for a deal. Newspaper looking for a deal. The same business networking group. Mm -hmm. I found a realtor. I was like, hey, dude, uh, I don't know what a, what a realtor does, but if you can find me something, <laughs> I guess I pay you. Is that how this works? He's like, yeah, you pay me some commission and I'll find you a property. So my wife and I are getting married and I'm like, babe, look at this awesome house I found. And it was like, it was a crack house. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm going to move in, rent upstairs to a crackhead. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> She's like, we ain't doing that. 
She's like, I, I, I want, I want a nicer home for us to get married. So we found another place and we closed on it two days before we got married, which was mm. an up and down. So by the time I got married, I had three properties. So within the time about a year or maybe a year and a half, I bought three, and it just, mm. it just started moving. Now, how did I buy them? Just hustle, man. Just was out there between my carpet jobs, yep. talking to people about how money works. How do I get money? Where do I borrow it from? And it just became resourceful. Do you guys, do you notice though, right? Most of the entrepreneurs that we talk to and most successful entrepreneurs that we talk to, there's always a story, right? There's always a story. Like, I, I, there's a lot of similarities. That's why I'm, I'm like, I'm smiling because like I'm looking back I did laundromats cleaning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then hustled with plumbing, AC work, Painting, whatever. Yep. And the first property I bought was a burnt condo on fire. <laughs> yeah. Barely, like all the money I had, it was like mm. $15,500, $600. That's when I, what I picked it up for. Then ended up paying some whatever, like 17 grand after everything. But what's crazy is that I didn't know shit about houses. Mm -hmm. Apartments or con I didn't even know what a condo was. I didn't. Even, I didn't know what a condo. You weren't I, even interested. I know condo. I, I heard the name condo, but I didn't know what a condo. I didn't know that the difference between a condo, single family, yeah. or an apartment, or or a, or a townhome. There's literally. I don't know the difference, but that that's what's crazy. It's just you just did, and if we knew better, like this is something that I, I always talked about. I say that my ignorance was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm glad that I was stupid. Mm. Because my smarter self today would have told my stupid self before, what are you doing? Don't do it. Don't do that. Like, you know better. But I'm glad that we didn't know better. We just did it. So you feel the same way I did. Like, the fact that we didn't know, we couldn't develop analysis paralysis. Yes. I didn't know all the strategies. Yep. I didn't know all the different things. I would have sat there. If I was too damn smart, I would have sat there trying to figure out the best. Yep. And the best is the worst or, thing or for cynical. your life. Or you're cynical or you're not believing it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's amazing. And you guys probably feel the same. When you're young... And you're a little bit like maybe naive about how this plays out, and you, and you're just a little bit aggressive, and you're like, dude, I, I got nothing to lose, bro. When figure it out. Sal, when when Sal and I were trying to figure out this real estate thing, we did every single thing wrong. Mm. Like, right? We, Everybody <laughs> looked at us like we're crazy. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad that they did because we would not be in this game without our stupidness and craziness. Ignorance yep. is bliss, right? Amen. So, look at one of the guys. One of the realtors that he's a huge realtor here in Arizona. We met him at one of these HUD homes, right? These HUD homes. And, uh, you know, this was about 2013, 2014, right? So we meet this guy at the HUD home and he goes, he goes, hey, gentlemen, are you guys looking? And he's a millionaire. Multi-millionaire yeah. at this point. Me and Sour, like, you know, we're uh, we're fresh chickens, you know? We're, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to figure all this out. Yeah. And he goes... Wait, are you guys trying to become real estate investors? The crash had just happened, right? <laughs> Remember that? I'm like, oh boy. He goes, yeah, those days are gone. He's mm. like, that's especially not for the HUD homes. You got so disappointed. I got so discouraged and discouraged because of the HUD. Like, we're like, we're gonna get in with the HUD homes like that. Yeah, we have HUD home is heavily discounted. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're definitely regulated. We did not, <laughs> we did not know they're regulated. We didn't end up buying that house, but they're heavily regulated. And I'm like, damn it! You know what's crazy? You know we what? ended up buying a house in that area. We like, did, right? Un un unintentionally. Yeah, uh, exactly. Re another realtor found it for us, right? It, it, so, I mean, it's, it's Cena, the way the way Sabeti. Cena, because I went to Larry. Larry's like, oh, I have this guy Cena, and then why is it that everybody 
tries to take advantage of you when you're barely getting in See, the game. See, that is what I got upset about. Mm -hmm. When we first, because this is, and this is a lesson. And you know what? I'm glad that he balanced me out because I was uh, too much of a hothead back then. Um, and, I can see it. And, well, he was already a businessman. So I, I was a business. Yeah, I, I was doing. I was in business for the car in the car business, yeah. and you know, at the beginning, I did my my being kicked around and being the small fish in the pond, and like you know, fresh chicken, and, and, and then, then like you know, and like yeah, I just I'm playing my role and like slowly climbing the ladder of being known in the industry, in the car industry, and walking to the auction and knowing what to do, and like people, just being in the game where people know you. Mm -hmm. So when we jumped into the real estate and um, people are trying to take advantage, like the title company was charging us retail. like, And I, I wholesaled cars, right? So I know like what a discount, there is always a discount somewhere mm -hmm. if you present it, right? Like where you come from, like, oh, I'm a contractor. Oh. I mean, it's a service. Yeah. You can discount a service. So the realtors were charging us. The We paid a, we paid the realtor that found a deal from the a wholesaler. wholesaler. The, the realtor, realtor, the realtor the to buy company, the deal, then he to list it for us. He charges the title the company. Everybody was charging us left and right, and I'm like, Carlos, I am done with this. This Before is crazy. We even I wasn't, I wasn't done. I was just a tantrum, right? So I, because mm -hmm. I'm, off, yeah, yeah, I was pretty like I, I would never stop. So, why? Well, <laughs> he was pissed. And I said, I'm yeah. done with people trying to f me left and right. I've been in business where I know people are trying to f me. I get it. I, I'm a new, a new blood, but I can sense it. I just don't want to do a business with these people. And we were, we were getting taken advantage of. We so that moment that we decided that we know better, we're not going to be taken advantage. But it's the thing when you're first starting out, the big fish is just going to try to eat you. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's unfortunate that. But we don't do that. Maybe I, I, may, don't, you know what? That. And and maybe it's it's time to like reflect and look back. Maybe like. Accidentally, we don't even know. Like it just becomes a habit that I mean, the, through the chain of command that happens. Maybe, maybe on a personal level, it doesn't. But you don't. You, I don't know. Maybe that could happen within uh, from one team member uh, to another team member to another team member. Yeah, we. You know, we we we've done our fair uh, share of real estate transactions. You know, and. Mm -hmm. Even if somebody is new in the game, like we don't like, mm, you know, it's like I wonder how <laughs> okay. I can take advantage well, that, of this person. I'm not talking person. about in that sense, but but people were looking at us in that sense. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you got money. How much money do you have? Oh, this. Oh, they're they're trying to drain your pockets faster than you even Before thought of the number. Before you even find the property, you know what I'm saying? Like from who you thought was a friend of the family, or maybe he is, but again, from the broker to the realtor to the wholesaler to the title agency to, I mean, everybody. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know what? They were just like playing their part. Maybe they have a lot of tire kickers and they're like, okay, if you're worth some money, let me try to maximize as much as I can. And they did that maybe. I don't know. I don't know their situation, but all I know is that you just know, you should know if somebody's trying to take advantage of you. So you know, okay, I can take the beating for this one, maybe the next one, but I just don't want to keep taking the beating. And that's probably, let alone building a business is hard. That's probably the other hard part because you got everything going but here's what you. excites me about that because I freaking love this narrative, by the way. I know it sounds weird. Like, what do you mean? You love that I had pain? Yeah, I freaking love that Oh, no, that of course, pain. perseverance. But you know why? I think we all have lessons we have to learn in this business. Let's just say there's 10 total lessons. The sooner you learn those lessons, man, the sooner you can Agreed. start moving forward. Yep. So, like, we're all going to learn a different lesson. The same broker that I did that deal with stole 3500 bucks from me never paid me back. Same guy. But that was the last deal you ever did with this him. This is the last deal I ever did with him. And when I think about the fact that I've done hundreds and hundreds of deals, I'm like, dude, you could have been brokered from day one. You never know who the next Donald Trump, yeah, Carlos, yeah. and Sal's going to be. I was just be. thinking about that. So when you're planting these seeds, 
you know, you, it's, it's, it's smart to be mindful, but I think we have to learn lessons, man. We don't develop perseverance. We need that adversity. Yep. We need something where we, we turn the adversity from a pain to an awareness. Mm-hmm. And until you feel like, I feel like I'm beginning, getting the short end of the stick, man, that's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad for you. What are you going to do about it? See, now you can actually start to exercise your choices. So when I feel this way going forward, this is going to be my mm-hmm. auto response. Now I'm conditioned. Now I know. It's like when you're trying to get sold on stuff. Many of us, we grew up in sales. We became kind of sales experts in our mm-hmm. own way, right? Mm-hmm. And then every guy you're meeting, you're trying to close them without even realizing you're closing them. Mm-hmm. Like we're presenting. Naturally. We're naturally doing this stuff because we're so used to selling. Mm-hmm. Now you could take an awareness back go, this guy's not a bad guy. He's just so used to selling. Mm-hmm. He's got to come in for that handshake and he's got to present his, you know, his bling and he's got to do, that's what he's conditioned to become. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to you talk about this stuff, I, I sense the kind of pain and, and that, but I love it. I love it because it's that experience really that kind of molded your response to the world. And I just think when you learn in low stakes environments, like when you guys started, I think it's pretty low stakes for young guys. Young guys, young gals getting started. What are you really going to lose? Mm-hmm. You going to sleep on your mom's couch? You already sleep there. <laughs> what are you really going to lose? Yeah. And I think when you learn these lessons young and you get your response, dude, you get to become you sooner yep. in life. Yep. And I think that's amazing. X factors. Life has a bunch of X factors that makes you who you are. And ironically, all most millionaires or most successful people, most entrepreneurs come from like the adversity. They come from like, escaping communism war uh financial like uh, being oppressed mm-hmm. whatever that may be and then they can persevere more stuff and break through that that success barrier yeah right and more people and i'm not saying that everybody have to go through like hardship to be successful i'm saying is that this the common denominator is this people that have been through hardship the other stuff that you may feel like a hardship to you it's not a hardship to them because they've seen worse. They've developed that thicker skin. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, not, it's no coincidence. So it really is if you go through a bunch of stuff and you just look at it like your pops does, yeah. it's all good. So I'm blessed. That's right. Then it's not a hardship anywhere. You just, now it's on to the next, like you're going to achieve that goal no matter what. There is no like, you know what? This is a block wall. I can't do it no more. Yeah. The only danger is entitlements. If we can just fight off entitlements. Yeah. So I see like people in first first world economies having very first world problems mm-hmm. and yeah. complaining about it. I'm like, man, you are so blessed because that's the problem you got. You, know, you got three <laughs> pairs of shoes and you don't know which one to wear. Right? Yeah. You got yeah. two cars and one has no gas. That is an amazing problem. Like I can't problem. fly first class anymore. I like, love these. <laughs> it's, it's just about what you do with them. But I, I love when I see that, dude, because you're 100% right. You know, you know. Let me just say this. Uh, earlier today, right? You reminded me unintentionally of how actually blessed um, me and Sal are. Mm-hmm. You reminded me of that, and let me tell you how. Because Sal and I, like, we've been going through some challenges because mm-hmm. our, our our entire like I would say an enterprise because it's not just one company. Yeah. You know, our entire enterprise is going through a transition where you know we've lost a lot of people. We're we're getting rid of some people. We're filtering out, right? We're we're developing this core group of like just leaders, and then we're, you know, we're outsourcing the every every other responsibility, right? And mm-hmm. and, and I, again, it kind of just fell that way, right? It, it started to fall that way. We didn't do it on purpose. That's kind of where we are. But you reminded me because Sal and I, you know, ever since this morning, like we were like, oh man, what about this guy? What about that person? Man, what's up with that person? And then you reminded me of like, hey man, like 
you know, you were like, what about this company? What about that company? Oh, does that company feed this company? Like you started to remind me of that Remember, like, oh, the data company that remember the list does this and that. And then, I, and then I, and then Sal came up and then I go, damn, like for the first time today, he reminded me how blessed we truly are. And that's something that I, I think, I believe that we actually do forget about. Yeah. We forget about how blessed we really are. And we forget that, like, what it took to do that sometimes. We're like, oh, man. We're so focused yeah. on next the, 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 the problem at hand, yeah. right, or the challenge at hand, or what's, like, what's the next big yeah. challenge that we have or whatever, yeah. right? You know, like, you saw our office, man. At, at one point, like, I'm not even embarrassed of our office because I know what's going on. Like, I'm so grateful that we're actually, you know, developing this virtual concept, this virtual model, right? Uh, back in the day, I think I would have been embarrassed, right? Like we have a 10,000 square foot office, right? We literally have now, I mean, a handful of people that work in the office, right? And now it's like, everything is outsourced. Everything is virtual now, right? And you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're learning the lesson early because guess what? We can sit here and say like, Sal and I can sit here and say, oh man, you know, this shouldn't be happening to us this late in the game. It's not late in the game. Him and I have only been in business. Oh, if this for about issue was happening when we were billionaires, no. the loss would be in billions. Exactly. So I'm glad we're, we're having learning it now. So many lessons, just to circle back to what you were saying, we're learning so many lessons so early in mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. in our journey. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And circling back to where this all started, right? I said, hey man, every single person that's in that seat has some type of adversity that they had to overcome to be where they are today. You know what I mean? And I'm going to ask you this, right? Do you think that your perseverance comes from watching your parents or is it from, you know, escaping, you know, a communist country? Like where does your grit come from? Yeah, I think we're all, um, we become a version of our defining moments in life. So depending on the things that you witness, I think it shapes your character and your ideology around life. Mm -hmm. And as a result of those things, it's, it's hard to say it's one thing, but it's a combination of things and they all affect you differently. Obviously leaving a country, leaving people behind, that triggers some things. Uh, getting reunited with my family after we were apart for six months when we were in a refugee camp triggers some things. Watching mom and dad struggle with finances my mom ran a restaurant for 10 years on, on her feet for 12 hours a day. That triggers some things, mm -hmm. right? And all of these different things lead to a point where you have to reflect. And that's what happened for me. I reflected and said, mm -hmm. there has to be a path that leads me to fulfillment, leads me to a purpose-driven life. And I, I, I found that path. I found that answer. And I keep refining and refining and refining. So, dude, I had 30 years of these decisions and processes and things that I'm, I'm constantly observing and thinking through. Did I have some that were more impactful? 100%. When I saw my dad take me to a home in the middle of the night and there was four or five men there and he told me that these people were here and they left their families in Romania so they could work just so they could send money home because their kids were starving mm -hmm. and a man was half naked on the couch because he didn't have a blanket to cover himself with and my dad took a blanket from his car and covered this man who was sleeping in his underwear. Wow. And I remember seeing that moment like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And my dad took out a can of Bush's baked beans and he gave it to the man in the kitchen. And this was this was at nighttime. And I remember looking at that going, wow, this guy's got Bush's baked beans. Like, that's awesome. I, I love Bush's. And I saw my dad in a different light. I saw my dad as a, as not, not just a man, but a leader, mm -hmm. a leader of men, a man who serves other men. And I saw, I saw him in that light and I said, that, that's what a real man is. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I saw a lot from my father. 
but also just my own circumstance. I think my resolve and conviction just comes from the fact that God's given you one life. Like if you've got an amazing story, because all of us have a story, and the first three or four chapters are so full of intensity and, and, and intrigue, and like there's a guy who escaped communism, and he came here, mm-hmm. reunited with his family, has nine kids, boom, 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 then he was a musician. Are you going to have a crappy end of your book? Bro, I'm living in a movie. We all are. Mm-hmm. And I think our obligation is to keep the plot going. Let it thicken. Let it get interesting. Let it get amazing. And when your life is over, people are going to look at your story and go, wow, that movie inspired me. Mm-hmm. That movie is what the movie that I remember. That person's life was was amazing. And that person was responsible mm-hmm. with what they were given. So I look at my dad, like I think we all look at our parents and go, if we really value the sacrifice and the risk and the things that they did, how are we honoring it? I think honor is such an important part of our lives mm. that many of us, we forget this word. What is honor? What is honorable? How are you an honorable man? If, if somebody risked for you, do you just go, well, that's nice. I'm playing Xbox all day. This mofo did all the work. My generation is going to do nothing. Like what a disrespect, right? That's what laziness. But I feel like that's and, what's happening. That's what's happening. Laziness and entitlement. We forget the story, man. Like when, when, when you go to somebody who's sitting playing Xbox all day, it's like, what are you honoring today? Well, six generations ago, my dad came from Ireland or, you know, great grandfather. I'm like, that's, what about your en- father? That's entitlement and laziness. Right. So I think remove entitlements, man. When I think when we remove entitlements, we find joy. That's, that's on the opposite spectrum for me. I deserve this. I'm entitled to that. I'm like, bro, you have no joy in your life. I promise you. You're living misery. You're living in comparison. It's just a horrible existence. Yeah. I get to find joy going, man, I thank God for this coffee. I thank God for you. I thank God for this microphone. And that sounds kind of weird. Like, you know, this, this guy's just living gratitude. Heads in the clouds or whatever. No, man, my, my, my head is grounded in just thankfulness. Mm. My wife has this thing she always reminds me of. She says that the depth of your joy or the height of your joy is measured by the depth of your gratitude. The height of your joy is measured by the depth of your gratitude. Height of your joy wow. measured by the depth of your gratitude. I love it. I it makes a lot powerful. of sense. Yeah. That's it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So let me ask you this, right? I went through this today, actually. I saw uh, somebody, and I'm not going to mention this specific person's name. Um, I saw this person that um, I took time out of my life to help this person at some of that person's darkest moment, right? Darkest mm-hmm. moment. And he posts this thing on Instagram. He's like, oh, man, I just want to honor. Uh, I want to be like this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And then I wasn't on that list. <laughs> Hold on, you're gonna like this, right? And then I go, so my pride and ego and my entitlement immediately was like, damn, I'm not on that list. None of those people didn't even know who the hell you are. Like I actually took time away from my family, my businesses, my, my myself to help you get back on your feet, right? Mm-hmm. Like took all the, took time and energy and money and whatever to help you. So I had to catch myself and I had and, and 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 I had to share that with with my wife this morning. I said, "Hey, babe, this is what I'm feeling, right? Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't be feeling that because guess what? The way that I want to the way that I want to move forward in the world is nobody owes me anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be entitled for that. Nobody anymore. owes me anything, right? Nobody owes me anything. So I did. I'm 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 a hundred percent this morning. That was the first thought that came to my mind." Was when this dude posted a li- he posted a list of the people right, right? He posted a list of the people. I, I know. Hold on, hold, hold, hold on, because this is gonna get juicy. Because this is we're gonna head this in a different direction. Watch this. Um, 
Here, Sal, watch this. Ready? Okay, ready? Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. Boom. Post a list, right, of the people. I'm not on that list. Mm -hmm. But yet... But yet, you know the things that I've done no, I, I know for that particular. I, I, so pride and ego and entitlement came immediately, and then I had to catch myself. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't owe me nothing. I did it. I did it with my heart. Mm -hmm. I did it with my heart. So he doesn't owe me anything. What do you think of what I just said and what no, I just I, said? No, I, I love what you just said. Uh, imagine that and amplify because we don't know what this guy. Maybe, maybe. That's one of the people that helped him as well, or whatever he didn't mention. There's the probably top, probably there's a lot more. Again. Tony Robbins, <laughs> Tony Robbins helped him. No, no, no. I said there's other other. <laughs> he Carlos. Doesn't even, Tony doesn't even know that this I'm dude saying, is even a, a sperm. <laughs> I'm saying is that maybe there is more Carlos's that helped him as well. That's not on that list too. For sure. Right. So, I mean, whatever that that may be, we shouldn't feel like anybody owes us for anything because we have that saying that we, and I, I truly believe that I set intentions and release expectations like I've been doing so many things that I don't even know what what, what happens to them like they just but look at the conversations we had this morning about the people we help and we, we you know we take them from zero to hero making that's see that's different when there is there is people that in your inner circle that is your 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 day to day is in charge of them and their families and they help contribute to that that's completely different than somebody that you're helping when you have a team member that's you're not having a team member. we're still talking about entitlement by yeah. the way mm -hmm. we're not like you're talking about there's different between team members and normal like any anybody else the team member that they that's a job what they're doing but the but the emotion is the same it's, no not really because that that help is different there is there is an exchange let me ask immediate let exchange me ask of money this. and and okay yeah let me ask him this all right you take an employee mm-hmm when he comes to you, he's dead broke, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he has a skill set that he hasn't developed yet, right? You take that employee, and after several years of being with you, the guy's making several hundred thousand dollars, and the guy says, hey, Ben, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I think I want to go do my own thing. Mm -hmm. What do you do? How do you feel? How do you respond? <laughs> That's the burden of every parent. That's how I feel. I have been in your exact shoes. Because I've been there recently where there I go no entitlement there. That's the burden of every parent that I've known where they go, I've taken this sperm. <laughs> oh my God. I've raised this sperm. And at some point, a, a child will disappoint their parent. Mm -hmm. Just like we disappoint our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And I've been in this exact same thing. I've sinned so many times on this thing. Employees I've hired. Are you kidding me? People I've mentored from zero to hero. Are you kidding me? You know, like people that I've, I've, I feel that I've poured into and then I feel. Did you feel, did you have a sense of I entitlement? Felt a lack of honor and I felt entitled to respect. But now, I agree. the question is this. When do right? you sever the cord? I, well, I felt entitled to respect. The question is, did I still have a choice in that matter? Mm -hmm. How I handle it tactically? I've got my own methodology. My, my way of handling things is very simple. You know, I take it, I take. I think that people say, what's the difference between Christians and non-Christians? I only have one difference. I heard this a long time ago, and I, that's the only thing I got is when you have a problem, you go to everything else in this world. When I have a problem, I just go to the cross. I don't go to you. I don't go to everybody else. That's the only thing I got. Mm -hmm. So I tend to go, there's no longer a fit here. See ya. And just cut it. 100%. Yep. It's done. It's over. Because any any further manipulation of that becomes extremely emotional, becomes volatile, it becomes resentful. Mm -hmm. So I don't fuel that fire, yep. right? I'd rather go, I'm so pissed at you right now. I'm going to sin. 
and I don't want to sin any longer, and the further I put distance between me and you, the easier it is for me to stop sinning about this, and I can go back to focusing on purpose and the thing God has for my life. Because I plant seeds, you plant seeds with people and relationships. We're very relational people. And when we feel that like somebody's been transactional mm-hmm. with us, it's it's a big violation of our trust, yep. right? So my point is this. Regardless of the feeling, we're all going to be butthurt, bitter, mm-hmm. whatever. Me too. Especially me, right? But, we go, now I know what it feels like to be a father. And I get reminded of that when I go, this is what it feels like you to be a father. You have some entitlement with your own son in the future. No, absolutely, absolutely. But that does, see, there's one thing that he mentioned that I'm on the same vibe, that I know when to sever. I don't need to continue this insanity. There is a time where you're like, you're, there is, I don't let it happen to me. Like I learned with the first, well, second, the third time. That's the history of our, of our Exactly. Company. So no longer I'm going to be okay with that history. I'm going to take charge of that. Okay. Here's what, here's what I found. I believe with what I live, can control. I believe we should live in a world of meritocracy. Okay. Meritocracy. Everything is merit based in my life. I learned a long time ago. There's no employee that's with you forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's no one person that's with you. Die hard. They can't because then they got to tether their entire identity to you. Mm-hmm. Their whole life to you. And as much as we want to be the, the leaders in this of the world, we got to realize that people are seasonal. Mm-hmm. I heard that from a leader a long time ago, and it resonated with me. He says, dude, people will get pregnant. They'll get disease. People will get upset. People will get excited. People will find other things that seem more exciting than you. Mm-hmm. And you got to realize that's a season of life. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is, is let that marinate. Let that be the thing. So when I have people come to me, I'm like, for as long as you produce and you contribute, you are here. The moment you stop, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long you've been here. It's as simple as that. And when you start living that way, dude, like I find the breakup is easier. At first, the breakup was hard, man. Mm-hmm. Gut wrenching, weeks of just anger and bitterness. Freak, man, it was so I'm looking at you so difficult. Dude, it's so because you feel so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You feel like you gave up a part of yourself and your and 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 your passion to this person. And it was like when you give a gift to somebody and it's not received, there is no worse feeling. Yeah, I went. There's no it. worse feeling than giving a gift that's not received. And this yeah. is why I learned. Actually, my my friend Chris Crone taught me this. He's like, don't give gifts out. Don't give a gift unless you know that the probability is so high they're gonna receive it, and that it's impactful. Otherwise, don't give it. Don't share your talents with the world just to share them because you're going to find people that don't accept it as a gift, that don't receive it, mm-hmm. and then you feel so bad about yourself. So I have been there. What I've learned to do is cope with that and go, that's a season. This person no longer contributes in the way that we need to contribute. And here's the difference with me and with you guys. We are a people of progress. Mm-hmm. We love progress. Do we don't stop? There's no number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, how much more money do you need? It's not about it's money. Not it's about money. progress. It's mm-hmm. about growth. growth. It's about what we can do. But other people, they have a number. And that's the clear distinction for me. They get to a certain revenue. They get to a certain lifestyle. They get to a certain something. And that's the number. Mm-hmm. Ed Milet says we, we're, we sell our will for a price. I think that's so profound. When the guy's broke, he's got nothing. He's in that office eight hours a day, man. I've been there. You've 10, been there. 12 hours 10, 12 hours a day. Bro, boom, now they're boom, not. Boom. Now they're not. $100,000 a year will break a man. If he's never had that kind of money in his life, 100 grand a year will break a man mm-hmm. because it's going to truly test his resolve. Brother, when Sal and I started in this business, we probably worked out of a, out of 24 hours, Sal. What would you say when like the first three years? What do you, out of those 24 hours, how many hours do you think you and me actually worked? Probably between 18 and 20 hours. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Some of our guys now make a quarter million dollars yep. and they don't even work a full day. 
Yeah. They don't work full shift. They don't work a full shift. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, don't get me wrong. They're working maybe outside and, you know what I mean? But, but remember in 2018 when we got our, when we actually moved in, we can afford to move into an office, yeah, yeah. right? You and I were there from like nine in the morning, 10 in the morning to like nine at night. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, right? Sometimes even 12. What do you mean? Yeah. Literally in our Maybe office. Midnight or past midnight. In our office. Mm-hmm. In our office. And I, I, I will say this. Some of those individuals were there that late with us. Remember? I mean, you know, those were good times, right? Mm-hmm. But the world is changing. Mm-hmm. And, and and like you said, you said $100,000 breaks a man. Excuse me. Imagine what quarter million dollars does to somebody or $500,000 does to somebody who isn't used to seeing that type of money. Yeah. Him and I are used to seeing that type of money now. You know yep. what I'm saying? So it's not even about the money for us anymore. If anything, we're actually reducing in some ways. Like I sold my Rolls Royce. He sold his Lamborghini. Um, you know, like we're reducing because we don't even care anymore. It's not about the money now. It's about like real wealth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, go ahead. So here's what I see it. This is your heritage, right? This is the problem. We have children, which are employees, mm-hmm. and they live off of your heritage. So when you put in those 20 hours and you grind it and you built and you, you had to conceive the thing, there had to be an inception moment. So we grind, we hustle, whatever, because we go one day, there will be people that respect and honor and push mm-hmm. just as hard as we do. The problem with heritage though, again, will. When you get to come to a nice office and you get to make a quarter million and you didn't put in the 10 years of grind sweat, there's no way you can appreciate entitlement. that. You have entitlements, man. You have, ent- that's the problem with heritage. So like, do you leave your kids a bunch of money? If you want to break them, you will. You will break those kids. Because you're, you're removing their adversity. You're mm-hmm. removing their problems. You're removing the challenge. I'm not saying don't give people nice things in a good environment. But they have to earn it. They have to create their own heritage. Yep. Like the See, opportunity for them my biggest needs thing. to be the, so don't big. Don't over reward. No, but the opportunity needs to be so big for them to prove yep. and earn their own heritage within this organization. And, then, and I think that's when things become interesting for people because we all want to feel this. So you get the benefit of being the founders. When people go, who started that all-in thing? These two guys. Oh, man. So somebody could say, your compensation for those 20 hours is you get to be the founders. You get the notoriety. You get that privilege. And you go, well, shit, that doesn't sound like a good trade-off. I don't get the money. Well, money's not the only vehicle mm-hmm. here. So with people, it's this is the problem with with what I think with people. It's how we incentivize and how we create entitlement. Well, we can ruin people. How many times yeah. have we talked about this? No. I say, you, you spoil. You can spoil your... Your kids. team member, your kids. Sure. Said, yeah, we've, we've had sure. this discussion over a year ago. And I think we might have overspoiled a lot of people that we yeah. have. And, and that's why the transition. But here's the great thing about life. This is what I learned. We can learn and move on. Seasonality. I learned about life. Mm-hmm. God made a lot of people in this world. Man. Yeah. God made a lot of other hungry people. You know, like I, I love working with people that are hungry. I love working with people that really want, like they want to prove something mm-hmm. in this world. Our job, our hardest job is to find out the equilibrium between compensation and and that desire mm-hmm. is we overcompensate, yeah. right? If we undercompensate, they're going to go somewhere else where they have yep. a better so opportunity. So you have to ha- you have to keep it what's fair. You have to keep it what's fair. That's what, what Jeff Bezos does, you said. Yeah, Jeff Bezos, one of my idols, Jeff Bezos, he he does that. when you, He doesn't overpay them because he knows they'll leave. And he doesn't underpay them because he knows that they'll leave too. Yeah. So everybody that we've overpaid I have to hold left. you accountable on the podcast. You have been the guy that over. <laughs> And because, because he's see i understand you you and me are very similar we're, we're extremely generous people because when we grew up and we didn't have a whole lot of options we want you everybody grew up dirt yeah. poor literally mm-hmm. dirt poor mm-hmm. right 
when we grow up, we, we, we don't want other people to go through that struggle. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to go through that that grind. We we just want to go, I work so hard to but get But isn't here. that wrong attachment? You're attaching it to the people that deserve it. You can go help them, but that doesn't mean that's the person working for for you, that's you're only helping that circle. There's much bigger circles you can. You and can, I get that. I guess what we do when we do that, mm-hmm. we rob them of the opportunity to have built the character that we've built, right? Mm-hmm. You can be super generous because you built a level of character around that, an identity around that. We've robbed people of that identity, that opportunity to be that, because they haven't gone through that adversity. They so haven't you struggled them. to the point. Well, I, I you're enabling. Right, like I don't think you broke anybody. I think they came broke. Right, yeah. they came the way they came. Mm-hmm. They didn't come. If I came to work for you and I'm this broke little immigrant kid, and I'm like, okay, Carlos, let me go do whatever I gotta do. Like, dude, now you can help me condition in a bad or a good way. Mm-hmm. Right, you're gonna influence me in my behavior. Yep. But I gotta come to you a certain way. Mm-hmm. See, the problem is we're a lot of us assume we're responsible for that person's behavior. You're not. They have choice, man. Mm-hmm. You have a choice to practice and grow your personal development and who you are. You're either a person who can manage 250 grand or you can't. Mm-hmm. When you start broke like you and I, like I raised $40 million non-bank financing to real estate deals. I just freaking grinded, man. I became a fiduciary. I became responsible. My wife and I budgeted our money for the first four years. Every single dollar she'd call me out on. What'd you do with that six bucks that was in your wallet last week? You think I'm exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. My wife manages our money. You know why? Because she's a fiduciary. She's responsible. She built that skill. Mm -hmm. Two poor immigrant kids got together. One of them kept the other one accountable, and that's how we made money. So I don't know if you're looking for the answer, but I think we can understand Right, like I believe I learned from my friend Greg, insight over agreement. I just want to understand. Mm-hmm. We might not agree, even on this dialogue. You might not agree with your people, mm-hmm. but understand them. Yep. And they need to understand you because mm-hmm. if I'm working for you, here's what I need to know, dude. I appreciate you. I respect you. You are one thousand percent replaceable. Yeah. There's so many people that want what you have. Who doesn't want to be in the top one percent of, of earners in the world? So, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I get the Especially in this business, right? The real estate business. Mm-hmm. It's so volatile. Sure. Like the, the the most volatile area of this business it, uh, is the personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, the personnel. They but, come, you know, they with go, the new model come, that we're going go. with, there is no problem. We, I have a, I had, I had two interviews today. Mm-hmm. I hired one of them. She's coming Monday. Yeah. Like it's to me, it's no longer of, of I that problem. Watch this. I no longer want to hire anybody that's like any like emotionally attached or I know them from somewhere. Let me let me just say this. You ready? My wife and, and, and now we're talking shop, right? My wife this morning says, hey, hey, babe. Well, you know, your employees, they get to see the cars you drive. They get to see the houses you guys live in. They get to see the clothes you guys wear. You don't think they want to be millionaires, too, right? It, like literally, you don't think that they work there. This look at the look at the the perspective from people nowadays, right? Ready? Mm-hmm. Watch this because I I blew her mind. I, did I tell you this? You did. Hold on. on. The drive. Hold on. Yes, she goes and she was blown away. I I shut her down. Right? Watch this. She goes. Do you think that your employees want to help you make all this money and they don't want a piece of it? And, and then I go, huh? Okay. I go. Hey, you used to work for Dignity Health, her company. It's a huge company. Did you know the owner? She's like, no, actually, I didn't. Did you know what he drove? No, I I didn't. Did you know what house he lived in? Did you know what clothes? Did you know how much money he made? No, I didn't. I said, that's what I expect from my employees. That's what I expect from my employees. I don't want them to, 
I don't want them to attach themselves to whatever it is that I'm again. Sal and I took the sacrifice. Like we made the sacrifices. We took all the risk. Every single day we put up the money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why are people thinking that they can come in to our company mm -hmm. and be us? Mm -hmm. That that that's not the right perspective, man. Yeah. I'll Time tell you my much. answer on this if you like. Please, Please. access and proximity. Mm -hmm. You guys are too available. That's that's my my thinking. So we have 19 people in the education business. They're all virtual, mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm not seeing them. We're not in the same office. The virtual thing has created a really interesting dynamic. There's no access, right? You are the founders. We're the founders. We built the thing. You know, I believe when we have really strong executives, like I got a fantastic CEO, Chris, big shout out to you, buddy. There's a, there's a very clear divide between me as the founder and the role that I play and the things that I've done and the things that I have and what the company's mission is today. Mm -hmm. My job as founder is to create an opportunity where people can thrive and make their success easy. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about my Lambo. You're not, we're not even having that dialogue, frankly. We're not even exposing anyway, it. And there's no proximity. You're not going to reach out to me just because you're working the company and go, hey, man, I want to talk to you. No, that's not how this works. There has to be that's a hierarchy. How... In every military, there's a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. You don't get to go to commander as a troop and go, hey, man, uh, I, I thought I'd talk about Johnny because he's screwing around and talking shit, you know? Yeah. That doesn't play out like He that. gets punished for, for yeah. jumping uh, the to chain To me, of command. that's the culture. To me, like, I love that you guys have this stuff. It should inspire people. The problem is when there's proximity, people get, oh, I can get that. And we're in a society here where things get shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. Our attention span is like microseconds, yep. right? It was cool 20 years ago, man, to buy some rentals and become a millionaire, right? Like mm -hmm. when I started this game 15 years ago, that was super cool. Yeah. Then it was cool a few years ago to do wholesaling. Like mm -hmm. we're not trying to even own real estate. We're trying to move some papers, yeah. right? Make some money, yeah. We're trying to make some money. In like five years, I'm out this game, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you know what's cool? Bro, I'm going to get an NFT. Yeah. I'm going to buy that thing. It's going to go up like to a million. I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. I'm going to get some Doge. I'm trying to make money like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, wholesaling is too much work. Owning real estate, that shit's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Having yeah. a job, are you kidding too me? Too much risk. Yeah. It's, it's, we're promoting this thing, which is just the false positive because yeah. it, we only see 10% of the truth online. You see the Lambo and people go, that's, that's yeah. hot. But where's the other 90% of reality? Yeah. I posted on this yesterday. You didn't see the grind. You didn't see the sweat. You didn't see the bottom of this freaking iceberg. All you get to see is the top. top yeah. So I think that's the problem is when people just see the top and they have proximity to the top, they just think they can just get to the top and they go, well, look where Carlos at. Mm -hmm. We're in the same building. I see him. Mm -hmm. He rolls up in the car. I see him. He's in this office. I'm in this office. I'm like, Carlos. Wait, so you, you're actually promoting... Virtual. Uh, what I'm promoting is no, having proximity. a hierarchy no, what he's saying where you that remove even, proximity. Even if you're in the same building, we remove proximity I in was my just world. I keep telling you about that, right? Like, like I keep telling you, like, hey, man, you know, our, our, our CFO doesn't see us like the way that normal yeah, people... Yeah. There's too much attachment. There's too much in too much personal involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Our, our, my brother-in-law, which I love, by the way, and he's done an amazing job. Right? He literally said this morning, he's like, you know, I said, hey, hey, bro, I, 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 I told Sal, and this is on live, by the way. I don't care. Hmm. I, I said, hey, I told Sal that you, you know, you, you want to make a million dollars this year, and he's like, yeah, bro. He's like, you know, you know how much, you know how much real estate I have to get for you guys to make a million dollars. He's like, I gotta, I gotta probably get you guys at least ten million dollars worth of real estate. Like as far as I gotta produce ten million dollars worth of gross revenue for me to make a million dollars. That's why I need more streams of income. You see what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I think proximity is like the people. It, it actually works against yeah. us. 
because yeah we've talked about this too we said like uh, when there is it's like pers personal meets the business that's when things so, i, I want to work I, with people i, I, I guess I that's know. a different word for proximity but to me to get, me when we insert ourselves and we're like guys the best thing i did was get out of my own way like i i was creating my own noise and we do this i yeah. think as business owners we stay in the game too long yeah we're great at starting things we're great at getting it going but there's a I point guess. when i believe that there's a transition point like the founder is very few founder run companies years and years later that's, yeah that's a, that's a very small percentage a lot of founders go dude i'm a startup guy i get the thing started i find a seasoned professional ceo executive team take over yep. they take over and dude my office in the corner i come in the back door i leave the back door and i understand like, the nature. i don't even know you we set <laughs> we set the tone we set the core culture we set the intention mm -hmm. of the business but i believe we are conductors of people in process that's mm. all we do, bro. Me, but it's not my job in conducting people in process yep. to go, yo, man, your clarinet's out of tune. Let me go ahead and play your clarinet for you just a little <laughs> bit, get it back on tune, and then you can... It depends on, I think, the kind of leader that you know you mm -hmm. want to be. Like, I yeah. have no desire to manage people, man. Yep. I'm not good at it. I don't have the patience, the yep. tolerance. The same characteristics that make me a terrible manager make me a phenomenal leader and, and a startup guy. Mm -hmm. I love getting stuff going, but I'm freaking relentless. I have no patience. I have no tolerance. I, but if you want me to get something going, and if I believe in that mission in six months, that shit's off the ground and running. Yeah. But then I got to go, while there's momentum, professional season, 30-year dude, here you go. Because mm -hmm. you know how to hire and deal with all these challenges and these people, yeah. and you understand careers. And then there's no I don't no even attachment. know this word. Well, like, you guys know this word, careers? Yes. People talk, my career. Career? What's a career, bro? Like, what's a retirement? Like, we don't think in this context we're not relatable. No. I'm not. With people, you know, what are the benefits here? Benefits, benefits, you get to come to the office and work. <laughs> See? She does the benefit. Oh, 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 ready? This is good. You ready? <laughs> so that's my language. That's ready? what I say. You know ready? What ready? That's ready? the benefit, man. Watch this. Watch this. Yes. Two things, right? Two things. Oh, I'm going right, to write this down. I don't want to go over. Okay. We can always do another one. All right, real quick. You ready? Yeah. Um, What would happen mm. if Jeff Bezos t uh, texts the CFO, which he probably... Yeah, actually, he would have that relationship with the CFO. Uh, because I know, like, my ex-company that I used to work for, mm -hmm. I remember exactly um, I, there was the, the CFO, and then there was the CEO, which was mm -hmm. my boss. Or she was the vice president, and then she became the CEO. Uh, and then it was the owner, mm -hmm. right? And it was like this this tripod of, you know, this triangle. It's like the owner, the CEO, or this whatever you want to call it, the v vice president of operations, and then you had the, the, the CEFO, okay? Mm -hmm. What would happen if Jeff Bezos said, hey, um, I need you to start working from the office. You can't work from home anymore. And she said, nope. What would happen? Core values and culture, man. It's, it's as simple as that. If it's in, I'm very mission driven, not ego driven. If that's in the best mission, best, uh, best intention of the mission of the company, hey man, this is better for our bottom line. It's better for our shareholders and it's better for our mission. We all work here. This is the rule for everybody. I believe when you have these core values and you have these strong missions, they become your enforcer, your policing mm -hmm. system. Hey, man, core value says we operate with speed. One of my core values is speed, mm -hmm. right? Speed. Hey, man, you're working too slow. You're literally violating what my company's built on. Mm -hmm. And if you don't work faster, work with more clarity, have more transparency, I love that. you're literally gone. The core values fired you, not me. It's not about my dilemma with you. So if it's part of our core values and we go, let's say our core value is going to be efficiency, right? And we've all determined that it's more efficient and effective for everybody to be right here in this building because this is where we get stuff done. And frankly, we tried the at-home model and it's not working. Everybody's distracted and whatever else. 
this is best for our core value. We expect everybody to show up here again. I'm not coming in. Great. We're looking for your replacement. It doesn't matter because you're no longer mission centric. Yep. You're self centric. Yep. When we remove self from the equation and we implement mission, this is why my life is so simple. God's my mission. My faith is my mission. My business has a revenue mission. Businesses have to be a business. It's not a charity. It's not a hangout. It's not a social community. It's a business. Yep. And when we treat it that way, we have people that respect that. Yep. Because that's what wins. I've never seen a business, and there's a lot of new age thinking, like the CEO should be hanging out with the janitor all day. I'm not saying you can't spend time with people, but how you show up mm. and how you spend time with people and which conversations you permit. You posted something the other day about, I shut down every negative conversation, mm -hmm. right? Dude, I think that's amazing. I do now. That yeah. should be a core value. No negativity. What's that mean? When you have a core value, it's, it's an activity. It's not a noun. It's a verb. Yep. No negativity means you hear that shit, you shut it down. You don't shut it down. You're just you as guilty. You entertain it, you're out. Right, man. So I've, if, if that's your core value, and I think that's our that's our mission as owners is to go, this is how I expect my company yep. to operate, mm -hmm. right? This is how it works. These core values are the rules. And if these core values are sitting here on the wall, then you don't need me to remind you the core values. Yep. They're there. And I think the They're core the values the law, provide the line. a compass. Yep. And when we have those, bro, there's no non-negotiables. All we have is, are we people of resolve to the core values or not? So what I like to do is get people to buy in. Hey man, our core value here, boom, boom, boom. We have transparency, impact, community, and results. Results is a core value. So that means that you need to keep getting a consistent daily result. If you don't, you need to know you will not work here. Do you agree? Yes. How much money do you want? I want a hundred grand. Great, I'll pay you a hundred grand. Do you agree that if you don't get a result every single quarter, when I look at the data, you don't work here? Yes, I agree. You agree? Done. We never need to talk about it. That's true. That's the only way I operate, man, because yep. I've learned and I paid good money for this mentorship. Like yep. I didn't create this out of thin air. I struggled for years, man, to run a company with drama, emotions. Mm -hmm. My managers became in charge of the office. I go in there and they'd be talking shit about nothing and doing nothing and causing grief and people would complain about people and there'd be noise and nonsense. And I go, this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I didn't start this. This is what it became because mm -hmm. I let people do whatever they want to do with no non-negotiables. There's no there's no law of the land. You need a law. You need a Bible. Yeah. Every company needs a Bible. Yep. You need to write that Bible. That's our only job. And I think this is the this is our point. The moment you have a, vi a Bible and you've given the Bible to your leadership and your people and you go, do you agree to follow this Bible and this philosophy? Yes, I do. My job here is done. Well, we're having a meeting this coming week. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. We have we were supposed to have a meeting, but now this meeting just added, added in a more agenda oh, to man. it. You said more, more, more fuel to the fire, you, which is you, good, by the way. He's added more edge to good. our agenda. I'll, guys, I, I don't have it perfect. All I know is what works for me. In, in the one education company, we have 19 employees. We have a CEO. We have a VP of ops. We have a finance team. And then they have a whole suite of other employees and people yep. that work there. They change employees. They hire. They fire. They create goals and plan. My job was simple. I spent a year and a half on this thing. Core values, alignment, we, focus, and finding the leaders. Because when you find leaders, then... What's the point of being a commander in the army, dude, if you got to go and unclog the dude's gun and shoot it for him? <laughs> mm -hmm. yep, yep. It's not leadership any longer. That's yep. enabling people. Yep. So, I listen, I, I believe that we should have some adversity. So if people go, man, I'm, I'm so entitled, I'm so comfortable, you need to get uncomfortable, you need to get unentitled, yep. or you need to find another place. Yep. I'm so blessed that we're learning this at this, at this age, at, at, at this age yeah. right? Because... We're growing so big, and we're just—we're only adding more ventures. I, I, this is like a fire episode. Like, how many people are like 
yeah. benefit from this. Absolutely. All the way because, from Canada to here. Because every business owner goes through these obstacles. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially yeah. especially in the real estate game. Because, Absolutely. Because it, it gets so, uh, what would you, commingled. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. you know, the, the proximity. Yep. Like, I come from a, a corporate background, right? I come from fearing like every time the vice president's coming into you Who's know my, my branch i'm like oh man like <laughs> you know yeah, right that's, that's not the kind of operation that we're running yeah hey what's up what's up hey uh hey can you go and do this nope huh <laughs> don't i pay you you see what yeah. i'm saying like yeah. that's why i was trying to like uh, sal and i were discussing something as business owners today right yeah because sometimes when we ask employees to do certain things they're like no i don't want to do that wait what who works for who see that's the but thing. what's beautiful I, I is when you have a rule book military from military background yeah. so i'm like i'm that guy yeah over time he was on the whole other side of the spectrum and i think the conditioning came obviously from from both of us but you were enabling that crap out of this for I, years you know why generosity yeah, generosity. I wanted people to have what I didn't have. Well, you're generous. Does that make me less generous? I, I, no, but 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 my generosity. <laughs> I, th I think I think we we talk about we, the first thing you you describe. Well, how long ago? When we, every time you're like Sal is so generous, he always gives his time. People always does. But there is a line. Yeah, boundaries. Boundaries for and sure. This boundaries. I think it's time to tie that up again, guys. I struggle with this for so long. Being in. in your intention isn't the challenge, right? It's not the problem. Like I, I, I learned this from my mentor, Chris, like judge a man by his intentions. Because mm -hmm. if I know your intention, even though your actions may not be something by I By the way, I always tell him that the intention, to yeah. me, intention. the intention is What's what matters. What's the intention yeah. of, of this? What's the intention yep. of this mm -hmm. dialogue? What's, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to take Rob and steal? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think there's too much emotional volatility and mm -hmm. we are so distracted with growth, which happens to us, that we start like compromising the the rules because they weren't that definitive yep. so in my office every right single area. day we write it we do a chant bro like in our real estate company our thing was purpose passion unity resourcefulness personal growth organized speed yeah execution what does the spell purpose everybody's doing this and like that's so cheesy yeah what's our core values purpose are you ever gonna forget it nope do you know what it means yep you're gonna live it out yep then doesn't matter if it's cheesy yep. you're gonna do it that's so when you go to best buy they're doing all that Dumbass dance yeah. at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. Because what they're trying to get is not just hype. The rhythm. It's We're remember how we do the game. And this, I love my, my, my mentor, Matt Monero, says, this is how we do it here. I don't care how you did at your last job. I don't care about your small business. I don't care about those other rules. These are our rules, and this is how we do it here. Mm -hmm. And I think what's beautiful about, about language, your scenario man. right now is you guys get to go, <laughs> we, get to we get to redefine now that you have... Again, I love challenges because we get to solidify our beliefs and challenges, right? Hey, man, this is our core value. I'm so glad we went through all this shit yep. because this is the core value that we mm -hmm. discovered we needed. So next time we go through shit, this is the anchor that helps us navigate yep. this water. And I think that's profound because at the beginning of your journey without any real struggle, it's hard to know what your core values are. Mm -hmm. Hard work. Hey, the core <laughs> value, right? It should be an answer. Yeah. It's a quiz and it's an answer. Mm -hmm. So if you guys said resourcefulness, oh, that's a powerful word, right? Hey, mm -hmm. man, I got a problem. You, you got two answers for it? Oh, you're supposed to come with two answers if you got a problem. That's how we do resourcefulness here. You're supposed to call these three people before you ever knock on my door because I yep. ain't got a minute. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you knock on my door, you better have gone through steps one through seven. Because yep. if you didn't do that, that's just laziness. Yep. And I don't pay you to just work. I pay you to think and work. Yep. So I, these, these to me become the tools that we get to use or we go core values. Yep. yep. Let me just share this. Yeah. 
uh, and I know we're we're, we're running way out of time over. Well, let me just say this because <laughs> it, it's gotten so juicy, and we probably will have to do a, a, a episode two, maybe right? Yeah, or, or a second I, part. We, we've been saying that for everyone because that's how much fire we've been, they've been yeah. coming here. Let me say this. Yeah, Sal and I we share the same type of vision. Right, we share the same type of vision. Like when we, w brother, you're sitting in front of two people, right, that want to build something as big as like a Tesla, a PayPal, an Amazon. Yes or no? Absolutely. A Google, right? We're not. You're not. We share that vision. We 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 think so big, right? We we think so big, man. If we don't start, if we don't start tightening up right now, how are we ever going to have a conglomerate that consists of something of that magnitude time, right? time is working against you see yeah. right so it, it's a good thing that we're tightening now right mm -hmm. as as seven and eight figure earners then when you know when if we're really trying to get that big like a test i'm sure jeff bezos and and, and elon musk they already went through some of this pain yep. you know what i'm saying and uh, you had me you had me commit to something here on the podcast about oh this is the way you're going to start thinking yeah. okay well are you are you willing to say hey hey bro I'm willing to put aside 50k out of my earnings or whatever are you willing to put 50 to bring an outside person in to uh, absolutely so we can be like hey man hey and you I got want this I want you to commit on the people that you're overpaying to to regulate that that you already do let me throw we this know. piece things I love this by the way the right entrepreneur that right director or like if, if it's operations finance marketing sales mm -hmm. whatever that is that person this is such a juicy thing for them because like oh man I would love to work in this environment are you kidding me you're giving me all these people you give me this process yep. you give me an off see there's some people that love there's to some just people craft. that will be grateful they love to, yeah. to refine they yeah. love to be a part of your hard work yeah and they get that they get the platform that you guys have built. Yeah. We don't need as business owners and leaders to be perfect. We need I'm to like, build something that's imperfect. Go ahead. You got his hand one, up. Okay, it's your this. show, bro. Oh, you no, gotta, no, watch this. You got to step this. in yeah, here, watch man. This. You ready? It's too good. Uh, at my old corporate job, <laughs> at my old corporate job, excuse me, I used to produce me personally, just mm -hmm. me. And you know this because mm -hmm. I used to manage that whole entire. Oh, I remember. I used to produce $300,000, $500,000 for, for, for this company. Mm -hmm in 30 days mm. okay i manage sales marketing collections uh payroll scheduling i mean i did everything small team too how did i meet you i met you marketing i was out going business by business by business hey you want to use our service hey you want to use our that's how i met sal right yeah. i'm out there just hustling and bustling in in the 120 degree weather by the way right mm -hmm. Brother, I used to produce three to five hundred thousand dollars sometimes in a month for these people. I used to make sixty to seventy thousand dollars max in a year. Mm -hmm. In a year. And that's over how much overtime? Let me twenty hours minimum every week. So in a year. Hours. Right? And, and and I'm sitting here like and I, I was scared to death. Like if the VP, hey, the, the VP is going to be in, in the shop. Hey, you, you know, okay. You know how it is in corporate America. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe somebody <laughs> else does, right? But yeah, you're scared. You're you live in fear like every day, mm -hmm. right? The uh uh the phone the if the phone rings and you know like hey um I think I think you're getting an audit today like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 vice president or the district manager is Just coming call. in. Uh, they called. They're gonna come in and make sure that everything is where it needs to be. Yeah, you're like oh okay, like you just scram, bro. Like, what are we doing here with our own business? Like. There's a reason why big companies run that way. And there's a reason, unfortunately, 
why a lot of these employees work in uh work by the way this fear. is some raw stuff guys like we're talking about our like own like this is like this is how transparent we are we're talking about our own deficiencies here yep, our own like this this is this is the truth so yeah. There, there's, there's one thing that we're going to share anything and everything that happens. And from whatever we learn, we'll let you know, obviously, through this kind of stuff. It, 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 this is every big business owner I've seen. And my, my wife used to work for a quick loan. So I saw Dan Gilbert speak a few times. He's got mm. 18,000 employees. Mm. And I'm watching this man speak. And he's like, we have like 22 core values. 22. <sighs> 22 core values in a book. And when you start working there, they do a whole day of just him standing on stage reading this book to you going this is a core value 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 <laughs> you don't even got to ask me some shit because this is the core value this is the core value this is the core value and i think you're right i think when people go i don't want to work in corporate america i don't want to work in this and that but it works man it works it works yeah. people work because it works like you know we we want to create this fun environment but like mm. you, people come to work and i understand the nature like you want to create a cool and fun environment but they come there because they got obligations they got bills to pay. You got bills yeah. to pay. You got bills to pay is why you're coming to work. Well, they, they I didn't love lost my in job translation today. when you're overpaying, when they're you're compensating, you're you're over over um, overcompensating or over like uh, congratulating. Yeah. And they and the more you give, the more they want. Yeah. And they become more ungrateful for the more you gave. So recalibration, that's the answer, right? We're oh, we're already working on it. Oh, yeah, this is, so we, we're supposed to have a meeting. Our, yeah. yeah. Uh, Guys, today, we delayed it for next week until yeah. Monday, and now we're going to add on to you that You know how meeting. many people go through this? Like, I, th I think it's a season of growth. And, and just from my own struggle, like, I went through pain on this level, guys. Like, hire people, fire people, hire yep. people, fire people. Like, it was overpay people. I, I pay dude, like, you know, 80 grand. I'm like, what do you do for that 80 grand? I don't know. I show and, up like I have, I have I have people on my team like in, in different departments even like you know media for example yeah. like you know you're an editor and you're making 67 to 80 grand right and you're mm -hmm. editing content it's like we when we set the expectation I just think we have to keep in mind that we're evolving creatures and we're growing and we're mm -hmm. pushing forward and I think we got to look at the bandwidth of the people we bring on and go mm -hmm. what is your runway you got a year with me are you good for a year because the guy that I bring on to take me from zero to 100 grand in sales that dude's a grinder. I know what that personality looks like. Mm -hmm. But once we're already making two million, like we did, our one business did almost three million dollars in year one. Mm -hmm. Okay, after three to five, that's a different type of employee. That's that guy wants benefits and he wants parks mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. wants his parking spot. And he but wants if you give that same benefit to somebody that only can get you to a one million, that was going to happen. I think you got to understand there's different types of employees for different seasons of life. Yeah. And that's just the way I look at it. So I got my starter employees that I tend to go to and I got my more seasoned, like I've got a stable company mm -hmm. I tend to go to, and I just know who I'm hiring for. Mm -hmm. I hear it in their language. I hear it in their request and mm -hmm. their ask, right? And everything is performance meritocracy, man. Hey, you want to be a hundred K employee? That's amazing. Just don't forget you got to perform and this is your KPI and this is when you mm -hmm. get fired. I think many times we push and we give people promotion without actual immediate consequence. Yep. So I love to ask this question. All right. If you don't perform, right? So people say, I want to make 80 grand. I give you 85. I always pay five grand more. It's a weird thing I have. It gets them excited. What happens when you don't perform in 90 days? What happens to you? Uh, what do you mean? Are you fired? Are you working for 60 grand? What, what's going to happen when you don't perform? Tell me that answer. What's the other side of what's it? What's the consequence? I got a guy right now. He's like, man, if I don't make this happen in three months, I just, I'm, I'm fired. Okay, great. We're both on the same page. Let's sign on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. You're straight up fired in three months if it doesn't work out. I know that's weird, but I think you got to have the yin and the yang. You, for sure. You can't be out. Dude, yep. if I only got upside with you, what's the reason I'm going to come to work on time? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm late, Carlos, because, well, shit. Ain't no consequence, dude. Yep. Or you gave me a free coffee, but I start I stopped the Starbucks anyways. Yeah. 
So well, I think there's got to be something on the bottom end. Um, I didn't understand this before, and nothing against anybody, but you know, every employee that we've ever had wants to be a millionaire. Okay. And again, I'm sorry, but that's just not that's not possible. You know, as much as we want it to, you know, like how do I say this? This is this is why you and I are like we got to start hiring on entrepreneurs and employees, yeah. right? Employee-minded people. Mm-hmm. Like, hey man, you know what? I'm gonna show up at a, I'm gonna show up at the time that you want me there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna produce. You know, you need me to make a hundred calls, brother. At some point, that's like, watch watch this. The irony, right? People will complain about the money they're not making, mm-hmm. but yet they can't even make their calls every day. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? How long have, did we deal yeah. with that? I don't want to sound redundant, but we had another podcast talking about this too. So let's not make too much redundancies into. I, we got heated up in this one, guys. So <laughs> you're, went, you're getting you're getting the fire. So we'll definitely do a part two. Yeah. We we have to we have to do it. Ben, you're you're gonna have a temporary place. Hopefully. I got you. Okay. You're, yeah, you might you might we'll be kicking around here for a while. We, we 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 I mean we love traveling. The only guys the only reason I get to like I've been traveling and hanging out and literally for all, over a year now. Is because we figured this shit out, right? And yeah. people are doing what they're supposed to do, and it's not it's easy. Is not the thing. We just, yeah. but everybody's responsible. So and, yeah, I'll be kicking around here. I'd love to do a part beautiful. two, and we can, can dissect this. Yes, sir. Well, brother, thank you, guys. man. Appreciate we'll do y'all. this again, man. Yes, sir. man. And uh, everything you're building out here. Thank, thank you, brother. How can they? How can people find you? Man, humble.ceo. We got links to all that stuff. If what you're, about your um, your IG handle? Uh, ben, ben Humble. Ben Humble. Ben, yep. Humble. ben Humble on Instagram. Come check us out. Uh, if you're a Canadian, hey man, get to work. There's a lot of opportunity <laughs> in this world. And I appreciate you guys get, for, uh, for leading the way. Find my man, Ben Humble, eh? Joking. That's good. That's that not bad. That's, that's a good to go. Well, guys, this has been uh, episode 19 of season two. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.